Welcome to the Reasoned Hope Podcast. In this podcast, we explore the intellectual credibility of the Christian faith and seek to show why the central hope found in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is true. I hope that today's episode is both an encouragement and a challenge to you, whether you are a believer or a skeptic. Perhaps there are a variety of reasons why atheism is an attractive worldview for many people. It seems that one of the most common reasons given in favor of atheism is that it provides freedom from the shackles of religion. But what is this freedom, and what exactly are the shackles of religion? Many who have converted to atheism from a religious background argue that atheism has given them the freedom to think for themselves. They are no longer under the authoritarian influence of the church, mosque, or synagogue. They can now use human reason to seek out truth in the world, and for the first time, they are able to be truly objective. They have the freedom to live their lives the way they want, without having to deal with any interference from religion. From these testimonies, it seems that both personal autonomy, the freedom to live one's life in the way one chooses, and intellectual freedom, objectivity, are touted as two key practical advantages of an atheistic worldview over against a religious worldview. I want to point out that while freedom and intellectual objectivity are good things, the way they are often used to evangelize for atheism contains some serious misunderstandings. I then want to show how a consistent atheistic worldview leads to hopelessness. First, arguing from a Christian perspective, I think it is a mistake to view Christianity as an authoritarian religion that does not allow people to use reason or to think for themselves. The very phrase, think for themselves, is vague, and it posits a false dichotomy between Christianity and reason that is simply not warranted. This is surely an assumption that must be called into question. Presumably, to think for oneself means to have the ability to consider different intellectual options or points of view when presented with an issue. If this is what is meant, there is nothing about an authentic Christian faith that prevents this. What is certainly involved in a Christian worldview is a commitment to certain truth claims, such as God exists, the Bible is God's word, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away our sins, But this is unavoidable and is not a handicap for Christianity. The point is that regardless of what worldview a person adopts, they will always be committed to certain truth claims and presuppositions. An atheist will be committed to such truth claims as these. The universe came from nothing. Evolution serves as a comprehensive explanation for life. And God does not exist. Atheists may disagree with the truth claims of Christianity, but there is nothing in Christian commitment that requires one to abandon their rational faculties. What this shows us is that while no one can be perfectly neutral intellectually, we do have the ability to consider different points of view and to consider and evaluate evidence. Now, another side to this same issue is that someone may have had a bad experience in church where the environment was not friendly towards their doubts and questions. 
Some churches have responded to doubts and questions in this manner, and it is sad as well as unnecessary. It gives the false impression that if you are going to follow Jesus, you can't have doubts, and you can't ask questions. Such an idea is flatly contradicted by the numerous figures in the Bible who have doubts and questions, and who wrestled with God regarding these things. The Bible encourages the pursuit of wisdom, and God has given us our rational faculties to use them and to think well. Now, second, many atheists argue that atheism provides them with the freedom to live their lives the way they want. Now, certainly this may be true, as it depends on what a person is ultimately after in life. Surely, we should all ask ourselves what we are really living for and what it is that we are seeking. What is important to recognize about freedom and desire in this context is that how we conceive of freedom and what we desire is colored through the lenses of what we see as ultimately valuable. It is safe to say that we as human beings are often not very good at living for and desiring what is best. We may desire to eat dessert every night, or to sleep in and skip work for the day, or to steal something, but these desires are clearly not good. One can think of much more serious examples, such as dictators throughout history who have desired power over others, and which has resulted in great suffering. The point here is to call into question the assumption that what we desire is always good. It seems very obvious that our desires are often not what they should be. This is why some will talk of developing virtue and working towards a moral life. There is the implicit assumption that we are fighting against something within ourselves that steers us in the opposite direction and towards selfishness and evil. In addition to this, there is the powerful clue that nothing in this world seems to have the ability to satisfy the human soul. The pursuit of wealth, knowledge, fame, pleasure, etc. does not provide the lasting happiness that we seek. If we are living for these things, death serves as the great canceller for all of our possessions and achievements. The book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament articulates this same point as it says that without God, who provides transcendent meaning for our lives, we are left with nothing lasting under the sun. The English author C.S. Lewis wrote about an argument from desire that boils down to the idea that if we find in ourselves desires which this world cannot satisfy, this points us toward the idea that we were made for another world. Now, while this, in, this certainly in no way is a demonstrative proof for God or Christianity, it is designed to make us think about why it is that we experience such a deep and persistent dissatisfaction when living for the things of this life and for ourselves. If it is true that the greatest good we can have as human beings is to live for ourselves, why do so many report that such a life fails to fill their deep-seated hunger? It seems then that we cannot simply take for granted that what we desire is always what is best for us. In addition, we need an explanation for the persistence 
of our desire for deep meaning and satisfaction in life and why this remains unfulfilled by the things of this world. Building upon these considerations, there is another element in this discussion. It is what I have felt is intellectual and existential inconsistency in the promotion of atheism by many atheist evangelists. While many atheists celebrate the freedom and intellectual autonomy they have found in their atheism, they fail to take seriously the implications of atheism for meaning in life. On an atheistic worldview, there is no such thing as intrinsic human value, and there is nothing to provide lasting meaning for our lives. One may devote themselves to causes and projects that provide a source of limited meaning, but all of these are canceled out by the reality of death. The sad reality on atheism is that human beings are the product of blind, naturalistic forces which did not have them in mind. There is no goal or purpose towards which human existence is moving. The picture from science is that eventually our universe will run out of energy and will experience a heat death. The result is that none of man's achievements will be remembered, no matter how great they seem at the present. If all we have is our lives under the sun, devoid of any source of transcendent meaning, then we have nothing lasting at all, since we all face the same fate, death. The picture is bleak on atheism. And I think that if a person is going to adopt this worldview, they need to be honest about where it leads. One can promote humanism as the chief philosophy by which to live as an atheist, but it seems that humanism itself does not escape the bleak reality just described. Now, all of these considerations by themselves do not show that atheism is false, but what this reflection does is to tell us something very important about the atheistic worldview. This is that it is not livable in a consistent fashion. No one can consciously wake up every day and live as if they have no meaning, no purpose, and no hope. We are wired to seek meaning and to look for purpose and hope. This is very clear in the philosophical movement known as atheistic existentialism. Writers in this tradition, such as Jean-Paul Sartre, describe life as absurd since we live in a world with no meaning, and yet we must attempt to create meaning for ourselves. But if there is no meaning in an atheistic universe, then we cannot create any real meaning either. If you cannot live out the implications of your worldview consistently, this provides good reason to critically examine it and to consider alternatives. This bleak and dark description of the universe is the true face of atheism. In contrast to the hopelessness of atheism, Jesus Christ provides a sure foundation on which to build your life. The Christian worldview provides answers to why we are here. It explains why we crave meaning and purpose, and it provides a solution to our chief problem, which is our sin and separation from God. The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And the only way this can be experienced is through Jesus Christ, who came to set us free and to give us abundant life in himself.
Hey everyone, this is Parks Edwards with the Reason Hope Podcast. Just wanted to thank you for listening to today's episode and to encourage you to subscribe if you are interested in this show, as well as to tell others who you think also uh, might benefit uh, from this. I also wanted to mention that I have an email address, reasonedhopepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that you are more than welcome to submit uh, questions or topics that you would like covered. Thank you very much, and remember that there is reason for hope in Jesus Christ.